Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lanier. Is your desire to improve your life rooted in fear and control? Are your goals and to-do lists just stressing you out? And how can you confront your fears and learn how to embrace the craziness of life? Zen Habits creator Leo Babauta is here to talk about chaos, fear, and why all those goals and plans may be screwing up your life. Welcome to The New Man. Today, we're talking with Leo Babauta. He's an author and the creator of one of the most popular and useful sites on the web, zenhabits.net. Leo, thanks for taking the time to talk today. Sure. Thanks for having me. So, recently, I read a post that you wrote called The Unpredictable Freedom and Sweetness of Chaos. And (laughs) as a person, it resonated deeply with me and my own experience. And it also made me realize how, I'm going to say, disgusted I get by the constant message of do more, be more, you know, keep achieving that's so prevalent in personal development, where it's all about goals and productivity and outcomes and expectations. Um, So, you were advocating in this post, you were advocating advocating an approach of letting go and embracing uncertainty, but this doesn't get discussed a whole lot. So I'm just in your own words, how would you, what were you trying to communicate with that post? Yeah, well, this is, this is definitely a departure from where I used to be uh, probably five years ago when I was definitely all about doing more and getting things done and being super productive and efficient um, and so this is a complete reversal. I used to be that guy and I have nothing against that guy. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's about, um, completely switching gears and figuring out what's really important and letting go of all of the, um, the things that I kind of grew up with. And so, uh, chaos would be a good example of that. And, uh, for me, it was always about being in control, knowing you know, controlling your day, controlling your plans and your goals, um, taking charge, taking action and never having chaos. If there's chaos, that means you need to like get your act in order, you know? Uh, and so, uh, and chaos was always this negative, uh, kind of scary thing, you know, something that you don't want. 
Um, but what I've learned is that life is chaotic and there's no way to completely control it. And when we, just when we think we're completely in control, um, that's when we learn we're, we're completely wrong. <laughs> it's usually a very humbling moment at that time too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could be where, you know, someone who you admire and who seems perfectly healthy, you know, just dies. Um, mm. that really hits home, uh, for you. And that's, you know, that's happened to me. Um, and, and then you realize, you know, that could happen to you at any moment and you don't control that. Um, uh, and no matter how good you try and take care of yourself and <laughs> eat right and all of that stuff. And so, yeah, that's to me, it's, it's about realizing that first of all, that fundamental thing that life is chaotic. You're not completely in control. Um, and then saying, okay, if that's true, where do I go from there? How do I make the most of this, you know, and, and be able to deal with the chaos. And I found that that's one of the, um, best skills that anyone can have. And I, I believe that many of the most successful people have it, even if they still try and control and, and plan everything, um, they still have that ability to deal with chaos because there's always going to be chaos, even with the best laid plans. Um, and so the, the, the winners, the people who are successful are the people who are able to deal with that, um, and handle chaos the best rather than fall apart and completely despair and be full of anxiety and not be able to act. Uh, you need to be able to act in the middle of that chaos. And that's a, a really, a hugely useful skill. Well, yeah, I just get this sense of a sailor and right. He's, he's what makes him a great sailor is not that, uh, you know, storms never happen to him, but the, the fact, and, and he doesn't just stay in port all the time and wait for the perfect day to go sail. Uh, there's, he's going to have some rough seas at time. He's that's out of his control, but I guess he, he still has a sense of, of responsibility, the, the ability to respond when things are kind of going south for him. And, and in fact, uh, the sailor knows in, that, um, the storm is, is a huge example of what, what you mean, but there's, there's no controlling the seas or the winds, you know, even on the best of times, uh, right. you might, you know, I mean, you might have a good idea of how things are going, but you know, all of a sudden there's something that comes from, from one side or the, the ocean is completely unpredictable. And so you have to be able to deal with that at all times, sometimes less, you know, not, not as much as in a storm, but it's, it's always there. And so you need to be able to deal with that. And the best people can deal with it in good times and in bad. Um, but the bad times is when it really <laughs> hits home. But if you can practice that at all times, then you're prepared for anything. And that's uh, a really good feeling. Well, let's talk about where you were. You said five years ago, and you, you've got a you've got a big family. You've got six kids, <laughs> and you were working two jobs, from what I understand, and then launching, you know, this your online writing and, and and books and stuff. So you you're good at getting things done. You you have to manage a lot of stuff. So where were just describe us, you know, give us a picture more of of your mindset back then. Sure. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I was. Um you know, I had a full-time job. I was freelance, uh, writing on the side, uh, trying to, you know, not only pay the bills for my feed, my six kids and everything, but, uh, you know, also to get out of debt, we were hugely in debt and that was a big goal of ours. Um, and so then I started Zen habits because I had been changing my life. And so I had this blog that I was trying to get done on the, on the side of all of this other stuff. Plus I was, you know, the kids had all the, all of them had soccer and school stuff going on and, it was, it was a very busy life. And so, yeah, you had to have, um, you know, a schedule that managed everything. Uh, you had to um, get good at, at, you know, task lists and, and getting things done and prioritizing and all of that stuff. 
Uh, so yeah, I've, I've definitely been there. Um, and you know, my life is different now that I'm, you know, out of debt and simplified my life a bit and my work life is a little simpler. Uh, but I think no matter, no matter which life you're in, um, you need to, uh, have that ability to, to deal with chaos. So not sure if I your question. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just trying to wanting to get an image here because I can imagine that the you know the guy that's out there right now and his life is just full on chaos. He's like, well, yeah, I can deal with it whenever I can deal with chaos when things are calmed down. I'm out of debt and I'm not working two jobs and stuff. Sure. Do you, what do you think that you could have heard the message in this post five years ago and actually started to apply it then? I think it would have been harder for me to hear it because uh, I, I was so focused on getting things done. And so I, I know that the message that I'm, I'm sending out right now is probably of limited use to people just because that's not what they're looking for. Um, but I believe it's, it's extremely useful to anybody. Um, looking at the guy I was back then in the middle of an overloaded life, you know, extremely stressful. The truth was no matter how much I planned it, no matter how good I was at using, managing my task list and all of that, um, there was always unexpected stuff coming up. And so I had to, you have to deal with it. Um, mm. What do you do when your plans are change every single day? And there's new, new urgent things coming to the front forefront. Um, what do you use to guide you when all of that stuff starts happening all at once? You know, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Cause that happens to all of us, no matter how much in control we are, um, or we think we are. It, it happens. And on a daily basis, um, sometimes in a large scale, sometimes on a small scale, and you have to be, you know, kind of calm in the middle of that storm and figure out how to, how to deal. And, you know, where are your values? Where are your principles that, that guide you? Um, and how do you deal with all this incoming stuff and still stay afloat, you know? Got it. Got it. A few years ago, a friend of mine uh, accused me of being a personal development jackass. That was his term. <laughs> and that <laughs> I was trapped on this uh, this ladder, or this treadmill of there's always something to improve. There's always something else that needs to be uh, done and, and that I wasn't enjoying life as it is in the moment. And I, I realized, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're right. That's why I'm so miserable, too. Um, so let's talk about goals and, and, and being productive. And then what does it mean to let go of goals? Are you saying that goals and plans are just a waste of time or do they still fit into this? You know, I think that they are tools, um, that I, I believe are given too much importance. Uh, I, I think that they are central in our society, especially when it comes to work. Um, we believe that goals are the way that you get anything done in life, whether it's work or setting personal life goals and they, they're necessary. Um, but they're just tools and, uh, I don't think that they're a you know, complete waste of time, but you have to realize the value that, that tools have and that they don't fit into every task. You know, you don't use a hammer to, you know, screw, screw in a screw, right? Yeah. Um, you could try, but it would be messy. And so goals can be used. I think sometimes, uh, I'm not saying that they're completely useless, but you have to realize that they have limitations. Um, for example, goals, um, you're setting a goal for some time in the future saying, this is where I want to end up not knowing what's going to happen between now and that point in the future. You know, we don't, we can't predict the future. We don't know, um, you know, someone might die in our family. Uh, we might lose our jobs. You know, there's so many things that could happen. Um, there's opportunities, doors that might open. And if you are heading down one direction and a door opens that tells you, you know, you could go in this in a completely different direction, 
what do you do then? I mean, do you say I'm going to stick to that goal? Cause I, I said it, you know, a year ago and I'm not going to change no matter what, which results in a very inflexible style, which means you're going to miss a lot of really great opportunities because you hadn't foreseen them when you started setting your goals. Hmm. Um, and so if you're able to, um, be flexible and not necessarily stick to your goals and say, well, now there's a new, the situations is, the situation has changed. It's different this month than it was a month ago when I, when I decided to set those goals, what are you going to do then? Are you going to reassess and, and be flexible or try and stick to that goal no matter what? Um, and I believe being flexible is really a, a huge key to being able to manage a changing landscape. Um, and I recently wrote that we, we actually talk about landscapes. So this is the visualization that we have um, when we're talking about goals and this path to the goal. Um, but the truth is that we're not on, a, on land, we're on, a, we're on sea. And so you need to be able to sail or surf this changing tide and, and currents and waves um, because it's always changing and it, and it won't be the same, you know, a month from now as it is today. Um, and so we're not on a, on a land that's always the same uh, with some, maybe some unforeseen hills here and there, but something uh, we're, we're basically surfing on something that's completely changing every minute. Right. Right. Um, you be able to deal with that. You know, for a lot of guys that I deal with, I'm a coach. And so a lot of the things that I'm, that I'm helping them with is, you know, they've been checked out or they've been on autopilot. Right. And so they haven't set a direction for themselves. They haven't even created that goal of, all right, well, let's say the genie were to pop out of the bottle. What do you want? What direction, if you were on the sea, what direction would you want to even say, Hey, it's, it's West. Let's just go West. And, um, and so I can imagine this message might feel like the rugs being pulled out from underneath them because we're saying, well, wait a second, you could pick West, but things are, you know, don't get too attached to it because things are going to change. So how I, I imagine there's got to be a core sense of what do I value? I mean, what has me even choosing to go West to begin with? What even has me saying, hey, I want to get another job or uh, I want to move to a different city or I want to get out of debt. Those are the directions that we want to take in our lives, but we can't be too attached to that because other things may come along in life. So I'm just curious if you've got something to say for that guy that's just starting to find his own direction and how to, it's not a black and white world. Either you're drifting along or you're rigid. How, how, how does he go about that? Well, I, I mean, I think goals are great. Like in, in that case, I think goals are a great tool uh, for giving you some direction. Um, and, and I, I have no problem with that at all. I think that would be a huge step for, you know, someone who's on autopilot and really going nowhere, um, and doesn't know what they're doing and really doesn't have any, you know, real sense of purpose. Mm. Uh, but, uh, I think a useful thing even for that person is to say, okay, you, you decided you want to go West or you want to go, you want to be here in a, in a year or two. Um, so the question then is why, why do you want to be there? What, why is that important to you? What about that is important to you? And how does that speak to you and your values and who you are? And that's a, a deeper question that a lot of people don't even want to get to because, you know, there's just too much going on right in the, you know, right in front of their face, um, that they can't, you know, take a minute to, to look into those deeper things. But I think, um, the why is, uh, a really important thing. And if you figure out that why, then you really don't need to say West because every minute of the day, you will have the, that why guiding you. 
Um, and so let's, let's give an example of someone who says, okay, in, in three years, I want to be promoted to manager of my office, right? Right. Um, or what, whatever the, the goal is. Well, let's, let's take that. And you say, I want to be manager. And then you have to, what if you ask yourself, why, why do you want to be manager? Is it because you need more money or is it because you want some uh, sense of control over your job? Is it because you feel like you're a leader and you have something to offer there? Once you figure out that why, why do you want to be a manager? You can now say, okay, well, this is what's important to me. It's important to me to uh, be a leader and, and help other people uh, realize their dreams, right? Maybe that's something that's important to you. And then if you get fired and you don't reach that manager's job, it really doesn't matter that much because you still know what your purpose is, what your values are. And that can be applied in any job and any anything that you decide to do from then on. Um, it doesn't need to be that specific realization of that purpose. I, I love it. It's it's the what has me doing it or what has me wanting that particular outcome. And then the path, how we get there is very flexible. I think that's what we're kind of saying. So that fact, where, where you wind up is completely almost irrelevant. Yeah. You could end up being manager. You could end up being CEO of some other company. You could start your own company. But if you're fulfilling that purpose the thing that really matters most to you, the thing that excites you and drives you, then it really doesn't matter where you end up because you're fulfilling the thing that drives you. Right. And, and then I think that it really comes down to two other things. Are we doing this out of fear or is this really what we truly want? Is this where we find ourselves thriving and, and really deeply happy? How much does, does fear play into this for you? And I guess when we talk about chaos, that's what we think of fear. I'm going to lose control and I don't Absolutely. trust myself in that. So talk about that a little bit. What's trust and fear? Um, how does that impact all of this? Uh, it's, it's almost everything actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. When you really, when you really start getting into this stuff. And again, this is stuff that most people don't even want to think about because it's, I think they're afraid of it. And, and I was too. Um, but fear drives a lot of what we do. Um, a huge one, as you probably know, is the fear of missing out. Uh, so we're doing, you know, we're, we're paying attention to social media and the news and email all the time, letting that drive our day because we're afraid we're going to miss out on something, something important to our jobs, or maybe other people are doing something exciting that we might miss out on. Um, we're always worried about what other people are doing because we're afraid we're going to miss out. And so that's one, um, fear of failure and looking bad in the eyes of others is another one. So we don't even try sometimes to go after our goals because we're afraid we're going to flop on our ass. <laughs> right. Um, or, or sometimes we're afraid of succeeding and then what, you know, what if we, we get that and then don't know what we're going to do then, you know, right. we, don't know, we don't know how we're going to handle it. Uh, we get what we want. We get that goal or the dream. Let's say, you know, I've been always wanted to be a published author. I get my book contract. Now what, <laughs> what do I do, um, with that dream and, and will I totally blow it? You know, all of these things are fears that, that I think stop us from doing things or drive us to do, you know, things that are irrelevant or, or not really that important. Um, and so we need to really examine what those fears are and then addressing them for me has always been, um, doing it in small controlled experiments. Um, and so if you're afraid of failure, uh, failing as let's say an author, right. Mm -hmm. Um, as an example. Uh, so I'm afraid I'm going to fail if I, if I publish a book and it goes nowhere and everyone thinks I'm a huge failure. 
That's fine. Uh, that might be true or might not. You don't know. Uh, but what you can find out is, can I write a blog post? And will that make me a, a ridicule in people's eyes? <laughs> a blog post is, is not scary at all. It's, it's, you know, it could be a few paragraphs. It could be, you know, 500 words. It doesn't have to be a lot. It's a blog post. And really, almost no one has to see it. Maybe just a few people see it. And then with that small experiment, it's not that scary. You can say, okay, that's, um, I, I succeeded. So maybe that small fear wasn't realized. I, I, I proved to myself that it, it was, you know, irrational. And so maybe try a, a bigger experiment and a bigger one. And each way along the way, you're going to gain more confidence and trust and eventually get to the point where, um, you can take on the, the bigger fears. Um, and they won't even be that scary anymore because you've already proven to yourself that you can do it in smaller stages. I love it. I love it. It's minimizing risk to the point where, you know, we're not in our, in, we're not terrified and we're not bored. We're finding that sweet spot where we're in our, we're just taking that step, just inching our toe and our foot a little over the line of the comfort right. zone. And, and that's where life's actually, I think the most fun is when we're doing a, something a little bit vulnerable, a little bit scary and, well, let's just see what happens. Yeah. But you're not risking everything. And so that's, if you're afraid of risking everything, I mean, some people, you know, go to that. They, they want to risk everything. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's too. Um, but, but other people are, don't want to. And so just take a small amount of risk, just a, a risk that, that really, you know, the worst thing that's going to happen is, you know, almost nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and you, you mentioned something a little while ago, or it was even in the post about just the quality that life takes on that we're still getting things done. But I imagine when we're relaxing into this and letting go, there's, if I was coming from a place of fear and control, then I, for me, it feels like kind of a frantic energy of creation. Like, no, I can't do this. And my, my jaw locks down. My, I get tense because I'm trying to get things done and I'm trying to make it all work versus things relaxing and opening up and being playful. And, and, you know, I could be lost in a city and it can be exhilarating and like, Hey, let's go down this street and see what happens. Or I could be lost and be terrified and, you know, Oh my gosh. And so it sounds like, is that something you use to kind of gauge where you are along the, along the way? Like, well, am I, am I kind of creating out of this frantic energy or am I creating from this playful energy? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the end result of all of this is, once you learn how to be okay with the chaos and not need everything to be rigidly controlled and planned and, and goals set up, and you know who you are and what excites you and, and what is important to you, once you get to that point, and it's not really that hard to get to, um, you can get to it pretty quickly if you try. Um, once you get to that point, you are free. You're not, you're not controlled by any plans or any rigid goals. Um, you're able to, like you said, walk about a city and go anywhere you want, explore anywhere you want to. And that's something that some of us have already discovered in travel. You know, we can basically just explore with no real end goal. Just just see what we find. Right. And that's the same thing with life. You just kind of move around and explore and do things that are fun in the moment as you as you, um, you know, get excited about them and see what you find. And it ends up being this really liberating thing. Um, and that it, this, this unpredictability and, and the chaos of it all is not scary. It's actually liberating and fun and joyous. And so that's, that's what I found. Um, 
and it's completely the opposite of where I used to be. <laughs> so it's, uh, but it's really amazing. It sounds like mate, that might be the longer interview. You know, it's like, how do we get to that point where the, the, we've, we've built up our risk tolerance to be able to play in situations that before used to terrorize us a bit. Um, yeah, well, I would say the same, the same thing It's just start small. You don't need to, you know, rip your whole life apart and say, okay, I'm going to do everything different today for the rest of my life. Right. You can say for the next hour, let's, let's have no plans. Let's just work on something that's exciting me. Figure out what does excite me. Cause that's the first question. Um, figure out what's important to me just for this hour and, uh, let go of the plans then. And maybe you can't do it right now, but maybe you could say tomorrow morning, the first thing for the first hour of my day, I'm just going to to go with what, what I want to go with and not have any plans. And, uh, you know, an hour is a small, you know, a non-scary experiment. So you can probably do that. Beautiful. Well, let's underline that. What can, a, what can a guy do today? If he really wants to make a difference here, maybe you just underline it, but what, what would you recommend that the guy does today to start to embrace this chaos and be a little more playful with things and just start to let go, uh, in his life? Yeah. You know, I mean, this, like, it, it, like I was you know mentioning, it's like surfing, you know, you're kind of learning to surf. And so what I would say is start with the easier skills and then build up to, you know, the more ninja skills. Mm -hmm. uh, so the easier skills would just be a, a simple, again, you know, hour, even 20 minutes of unpredictable time where you're going to It could be work. It could be play. Um, it could be play that later turns out to be, you know, something that earns you some money. Um, but it's, it's unpredictable time. Uh, and just try that. Uh, try planning less and leaving more time open in your day. Uh, you know, not having everything rigidly planned, try letting go of your goals and instead let your, you know, what drives you, um, be your passion and your excitement about things. Um, not all your goals, maybe just your goals for this week or this day, uh, but start small and learn those skills. And once you've learned those skills, you'll be able to, to surf with the best of them. Here are the big takeaways from our talk with Leo Babauta. Number one, the underbelly of all this self-development and productivity stuff is that we're trying to have more control. Much of it can be driven by fear. Maybe somewhere inside of us, there's a voice that says, if I do more, if I'm more productive, if I'm reaching my goals, then I'll be in control. And if I'm in control, then I can avoid chaos. Bad things won't happen to me. If I'm in control, I won't be scared and I won't get hurt. It sounds silly to say out loud, but nonetheless, this voice has a lot of power over our actions and expectations. So take a minute and consider, is this voice driving you? Number two, take a look at your present goals and efforts. Look at what you read and listen to. How much of this is ultimately about helping you control your day and avoid chaos? How much of it is helping you to embrace the unexpected and work with chaos? Number three, the best laid plans are no substitute for the ability to deal with chaos in the moment. No matter how prepared and efficient you are, you'll never outrun the unexpected. The idea that we have control over the world is just an illusion. We can't predict the future, but chaos will certainly be a part of it. Leo says that instead of trying to avoid, combat, and control chaos, we can expand our ability to ride it and surf it. 
Number four, so does not being in control mean that you're just aimlessly drifting and bouncing around on the ocean? Not at all. At some point, we become more internally driven instead of outside goals and metrics like body fat percentages, account balances, job titles, comparisons to others. We orient our lives around what we value. And these are typically experiences instead of things. For example, peace of mind, joy, feeling alive, passion, fun, love, connection. Whether you realize it or not, you're wanting some combination of these experiences to be the result of your efforts and goals. Now, you can take the long route through achievements that may happen someday in the future, or you can learn to recognize your opportunities in the present to enjoy these experiences in your daily life. Number five, goals are simply a tool, and like any tool, they have their appropriate applications. Goals simply point us in a direction towards an experience we want to have. We imagine if we have a certain amount of money, then we'll be able to live a certain way or buy something, and that's what we hope will make us feel good. Or if we get a buff body, then we'll admire ourselves, and others will admire us too, and that will feel good. Again, the goal is just an external device for us to have an internal experience. Now, if you've been on autopilot in a drifted sea, picking a direction and committing to it is a great way to get going. But ultimately, we're going to have to ask ourselves the deeper questions. What am I really wanting? What desired internal experience is driving these goals? What do I value most? What is the underlying purpose of all of these goals? When we live our lives in awareness of this purpose, then we're much more flexible. We're able to explore and play much more. Instead of some rigid point in an uncertain future, this purpose is our moment-to-moment guide. This purpose is something that we can reference at any time. Awareness of what is most important allows us to take unexpected opportunities to have the experience we really want. Number six, switching gears from external outcomes to a more value or purpose-based orientation means we'll have to confront our fears. It means we'll have to learn how to trust ourselves more and more because we won't have that external measurement to validate our efforts. The best tool for building this trust is experience, and we gain experience through experimentation. It's hard to let go of control, especially when there's fear and uncertainty. So figure out something that you want to do and break it down into very, very small chunks. You want to minimize the risk as much as possible so that the most you could lose is basically nothing. Complete these little experiments and check to see if you're still alive. Check to see if you're breathing and functioning. Check to see if the sun came up and that the world carried on. Most of the time it does. Then find another small experiment that you can do and follow through. The quicker and easier, the better. Through this process, you'll gain momentum and build confidence. You'll begin to see that there's no boogeyman under the bed. You'll begin to see that you have a lot more freedom than you could have previously imagined. And number seven, pay attention to the state of mind or the energy you bring to any task. Notice if you're playful and curious and willing to explore what's possible. Or see if your style is more frantic, tense, and narrow. If so, you're probably living from a state of fear and a need for control. Imagine a fist balled up really tight and the knuckles are all white. Now imagine relaxing this hand a bit, letting go more and more. It's not about being flaccid. You can still be engaged, but there's no need to be rigid. In fact, being rigid will impair your efforts. If you're wanting to relax more, then find small ways to allow uncertainty to show up. This will require trust. Trust that even if chaos ensues, you'll ultimately be okay. 
Without this trust, the world is a very, very scary place to live. So experiment. Take the opportunity to expand your capacity to be with chaos and uncertainty. It's actually much easier than trying to control the world and to control everyone around you. Beautiful. So where can we learn more about you and your books and your offerings? Sure. Well, uh, as you said, my site is zenhabits.net. And if you go to the about page, you can see some other things that I have on offer. I have a a site on minimalism. I have different books uh, for sale. And I I now have a course uh, with a monthly membership fee called Sea Change. It's the Sea Change program. And we we talk about some of this stuff and as well as learning habits and, and a bunch of other things. Wonderful. Hey, Leo, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. Um, this is, this is something that I deal with on a daily basis and it's hard to articulate people, especially guys, man, we want stuff that we can (laughs) check off the list and get it done. So this is not a very popular conversation to have. And and you've, you've, I think we've found a way to articulate it pretty well. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I I always like talking about this stuff. So, so I appreciate the uh, opportunity. There's so much more to The New Man than these interviews. So visit thenewmanpodcast.com and join the mailing list so you never miss another update. Thanks for listening.